I am indestructible, and I'm here to ask you a question. Is a man not entitled to the best video game podcast? No, says Chris. We should do it on moons of madness. No, says Michael. It should be on Prince of Persia. No, says Kevin. It should be about XCOM. I rejected those answers. Instead, I chose something different. I chose a game that had been selected several times before by other podcasts. I chose Bioshock. Welcome to Good Game Well Pod. This week we're going to be talking about Bioshock, much beloved game. I guess uh, it's worth pointing out that we are a rotating kind of book club <laughs> and uh, every two weeks one of us will pick a game that we'll kind of play through and then we'll talk about it here on the podcast. This week was my pick. I selected Bioshock because it's probably up there like in the top three or four like as far as I consider most well-written games of all time uh, from like a narrative perspective i think it's like incredibly ambitious so that's why i picked it i thought it would be worth talking about it's been kind of talked about to death probably by every video game podcast ever but i figured it would be a good one to cover get it kind of out of the way um oh yeah, yeah bread sure. and butter. uh so i got a little bio on ken levine here and uh fun note that kind of serendipitous it's actually uh we're recording this on september 1st that's ken levine's birthday so happy birthday, Ken Levine. Happy birthday. happy birthday, Ken Levine. Thanks for Bioshock and System Shock yeah. and Bioshock Infinite yeah. and Ghost Story <laughs> games. <laughs> yeah, so Ken, uh, the first video game that he ended up uh, writing for was Thief, the Dark Project, the first game in the Thief series. Um, oh, geez. My, one oh, of my yes. favorite games. One of my favorite games. An awesome games. game that was acclaimed for like its moral ambiguosity and like how well-written it was. Um, and then he went on to found Irrational Games, which did System Shock 2, another game that's like lauded for superb writing in a video game. And then Irrational Games uh, went on to make a kind of a soul sequel to System Shock 2 um, that I guess they were initially going to like market it more as like a straight-up System Shock game, but then because System Shock 2 sold so poorly, they kind of were like, well, we'll do like a, we'll do like kind of a sequel, but not really. So from that, we got Bioshock, released August 21st, 2007. Uh, System Shock 2 is one of those games that like I've heard is great, and I know it's like kind of part of like the overall gaming canon, but I've never actually played it. And part of that is that it's like never been like re-released like in a good, like digestible format on any, anything as far as I know. You guys ever played System Shock 2? Yeah, I mean, I played System Shock 1 uh, through like a DOS emulator, and uh, the control scheme is like, I think it's WASD to walk around, and then the arrow keys to look around, so it's like, definitely oh, dated. Yeah, very much, it's very much like a Deus Ex, like moral first person, the first first person shooters to kind of be injected with like the RPG elements and stuff like that, um, definitely more narrative driven too. That's kind of System Shock. I just thought so, because those 
those were some of my favorite yeah, games. Yeah, they're all they're all kind of like highly regarded as some of the best games ever released for sure. Um, yeah, like think Dark Forces, Chris. <laughs> so this game was released August two thousand seven, <laughs> um, August twenty first two thousand seven to be exact. Um, they actually because we kind of talked touched on it in the Prince of Persia episode. I think they did a much better job of like picking like a nice little area to fit this game in as opposed to like Prince of Persia because two thousand seven also was like a big quarter four. But releasing the game in August, the only other game that came out like around it was Metroid Prime Three, which came out August twenty seventh. And because that was a Wii game, it wasn't really complete um, competing for like the same market share. So. So I think they did a good job. Halo 3 came out in uh, late September and the orange box came out in October. So they kind of were like right in the sweet spot there to like still sell pretty well and like not be in the uh what is the the red water? Is that is that it Kevin? But I thought the game kind of blew up. Bloody red totally power. blew up an incredibly well-selling game um it was released to critical acclaim like and like players all loved it um it was a 96, it, to this day it's a 96 on Metacritic, which makes it the 26th highest ranked game of all time across all platforms. Um, other games that are a 96 on Metacritic include Resident Evil 4, GoldenEye, Half-Life 1, Half-Life 2, Breath of the Wild, Twilight Princess, and Wind Waker from the Zelda series, as well as Tekken 3 and Skyrim. So, pretty like rarefied air that this game is in. Bye pretty much deny well I, I can remember this game like uh we were in high school and it like we're just like wow bioshock actually looks pretty cool from the trailers and i guess it just went like phenomenally overwhelming like we won yeah, i remember it. the hype was getting kind of like surreal with this game because i think at the time me and alex were playing like gears of war online and then like i think it was like the e3 trailer dropped for it with like the you're fighting the big daddy well that's what i want to well, but yeah, that was another thing because it was also a console thing too, and it was the PC thing too. And like, uh, there wasn't a lot of games that did that. Usually, it was like a Xbox exclusive or PC exclusive or like a PS3 exclusive. But like, or gets like a shitty port, like Warrior Within. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Kevin. Thank you very much. But like, yeah, it kind of like somewhat brought all gamers together. Like, it was a great game that we could all Pretty agree on. Pretty universally, like, beloved. I think there was some, like, DRM-based issues with the PC release, but other than that, like, kind of widely regarded across the board as just a solid game all around. So, let me take you back to August 21st, 2007. Do you guys know what the number one song was on the Billboard Hot 100 at the time? Uh, was it Britney Spears' Toxic? No, I think I think you're, uh, you were, you're off by a few years. I think, I think Toxic had already come and gone. Oh, damn. You got me there. I, Beautiful I really don't Girls know. by Sean Kingston was number one. Sean Kingston like what, had like two songs in like the top 20 when this game came out. And I, like, I'm pretty sure he like is nowhere to be seen. MIA at the moment. Um, do you guys want to guess what the... He took his money and went. Yeah. Do you guys want to guess what the number one um, rock song was? Was it like something system down, like mesmerizer hit? No, I think I think again we're we're a little like post that. We're in the we're in the Green Day, Know Your Enemy era. That was the number one rock song at the time. Man, Green Day. Do you guys? Like, I don't know these songs. <laughs> <laughs> was it American Idiot? No, it was, it was a post American Idiot one. Do you guys want to guess what the number one movie was at the time? Two thousand seven. August twenty first, two thousand seven. Holy crap, I can't remember gonna, that far back. I might go with Casino Royale. No. Uh, I, I, have a, I have a hint for this no. one. The hint is that Kevin guessed it last week for the movie. It's super, super bad. bad. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. You were just oh, one okay. week Come ahead on. there. Don't do it, kid. So three years and one week. That was like our, our first choice. Too. 
My favorite clip from the movie. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Take up being transported. Transported. Still deep in high school. Not quite graduated. Do you guys yet. want to know what the number one movie for that uh, entire year was? It wasn't Superbad. It was not Superbad. Superbad was oh, number man. one at the time, but overall for 2007, the highest grossing movie. Was it Avatar? No, Avatar didn't come out yet. National uh, Treasure 2. <laughs> uh, maybe. It's, maybe. It's a movie that I think uh, we all like hold beloved. Like, it's a beloved film amongst all of us. Beer Fest. <laughs> no, not Beer Fest. <laughs> not Beer Fest. Tenacious D in the Pick of no. Destiny? I doubt that would be top. Wait, yeah, that's not. Yeah, that's that not movie, like, notoriously like, didn't make money. The bargain it, it's a movie that was, like, Kmart. blockbuster. It made a ton of money. Wait, wait, is that... The Expendables? It's, uh, like, here's my hint. It's a movie that ended a franchise, but considering how much money it made, they definitely should have made a fourth one. Oh, Matrix. No, uh, no. No. Wait. Fourth one. Uh, Matrix Revolution. Um, Superbad has a scene with Dave Franco. People don't forget, this movie has one of the lead roles played by James Franco. What the fuck? Oh, Spider-Man Spider 3, baby. Now dig on this. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Oh, no. Stay home and watch the notebook. Yeah, Michael, do you want to tell that story uh, for people that are uninitiated? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, so I, I saw Spider-Man 3 in theaters with Kevin. I was there. And um, when we're in the theaters, there's a few scenes where there's just... One of the benefits of going to the theaters is you got some, some guy cracking jokes. Sometimes they're good, sometimes bad. This guy was... This guy was you on had the a spot. grade A heckler. So who we quote to this day. <laughs> grade A. <laughs> <laughs> There's a scene in Spider-Man 3 when they're at the jazz club and uh, Peter Peter turns around and he smacks Mary Jane because he's, he's emo, evil Peter at this point. And all of a sudden, right when that happens, we just hear a guy say, keep your hoes in line. <laughs> and everyone in the theater starts cracking up, of course. And then at the end, after James Franco dies, you know, Harry. Spoiler alert. Um, Peter, Peter and Mary Jane are, are kissing, or about to kiss, and there's just a guy in the back saying, I should have stayed home and watched The Notebook. <laughs> it takes a very serious scene and just makes everyone in the theater laugh. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, that was, so it was that year. Why do you have the year of the marvelous My sister used to watch that movie so many times, and just like, I can't take this. Why? For time, it was a very different Rest time. in peace, live theater experiences uh 20 to, uh 1920s to like 2020 not coming no, back I, it doesn't seem like they will I, I have a hard time like just imagining like the the viability of like losing a year like i'm not an economist or anything but that seems like they'll have a very hard time bouncing back that, just the film industry in general is going to have to like kind of take a long hard look at itself the film industry is really having a hard time bringing movies back to theaters. It's just one of those things that might not happen this year or next year. I mean, the fact that they did the whole you can buy the movie on Amazon or whatever streaming platform temporarily and just watch it at your house is way more convenient. And I'm guessing those movies probably made a lot more money that way than they would have in the theaters. I don't think they're seeing anything. It, to be honest, I think the only people that are affected by this are the actual theaters. Yeah. I don't think studios are feeling it as hard. The theaters make all their money on popcorn, you know? They don't make really? it on the movie. 
yeah, the yeah, theaters like, need like they, they need bodies, they need people out. like there, and and that just yeah, I don't know. That's true. Yeah, that these studios have streaming platforms, and people pay for them, and people people will pay, even though it's not everybody. They have enough people paying, and for they it they save a to ton on distribution, it. like the overhead that they're saving to distribute movies that way. They don't need to print DVDs. They don't need to do any of that shit. And you know, as soon as you leave, uh, you know, you'll come back because you want to watch fucking. The Lion King. Sure. And boom, they're making at least, I mean, if you're doing Disney, at least seven bucks. Yeah. And they don't have those distribution fees, like you said, so they're probably still ended up on top. So, I mean, 2007, we'll probably never see theaters again. We might see outdoor theaters have to pop up again. Maybe. That would be a nice time thing to do. Sure. I, th- I think there's Go back to thing, the old right? times goal. Time, time right? will tell. We'll see what happens. It's, it's an interesting time. We'll see. But do you guys feel like you're transported back to 2007 yet? Oh, yeah. Headspace, yeah. headspace yeah. you guys back in high school. Yeah. Um, so Bioshock releases to critical acclaim. Um, I guess we can just get right into it. What systems are, uh, what did you guys play it on? We, I think we all played the remastered version, right? Yeah, we played the remastered so, um, version. So I played it on Switch, which was an interesting experience. Uh, it, it ran supply. Was that a yeah. Raspberry? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Switch is a great console, Chris. Uh, on uh, Bioshock. I mean, I really? played Bioshock while like taking a poop, which I don't think is something. I don't know how you guys have your PC set. I want to do. I don't want to do. I don't want to do that. Like, I, I want to like Tucker. I really want to Tucker my butthole for that game on hardest difficulty. Well, basically, Ian's poop was the character from Bioshock, like oh, transported to an yeah. underwater world. Oh, <laughs> Jack. Damn, uh, Jack that's... was my. <laughs> anthropomorphized dump but yeah um pretty sure that, okay <laughs> that's a line from uh, fight club <laughs> stick it in the bite of chambers stick it we'll leave a hot steamy one in, in the you kindly flush i'm not i'm not under i don't that's not doing anything for me um but yeah i uh so i played it on switch which was fun i i've it's like my ninth time play, playing through the game so i wanted to try something new and the Switch port came out in May of 2020. I was like, I'm going to give this a whirl. And I, I had a pleasant experience. I'm, it's, it's such a marvel to me to play a handheld version of a game that was like, at the time, like one of the most graphically impressive games. I, I, that, the fact that I can like play that portably is, is so rad. I love that. I was about to joke that like I played my game on the, you know, Nokia, Nokia. Mm-hmm. But the, since you said that, I had that moment with like uh, Knights of the Old Republic when it appeared on uh, on yeah, iPad. Yeah, there, I have Remember the iPhone version of it to this day. Like overheats my phone. Like, my phone gets like so hot when I play it. <laughs> it does it does run? That was one of those moments What's though, where you're like, played? you're like, wow, I can't believe my Xbox is like in my pocket it's, it's, now. It's a it's quite a time to be alive for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, everyone else has played it on PC, I believe, right? Yeah. Yes. The only Bioshock I've ever played was on PC. Purist, I see. <laughs> well, I don't want to sound like a purist, but it does run pretty well, and you get the most experience out of it off the PC. That's a nuanced. I mean, you do have the most options. Yeah, you do. You do have more options. Um, but I, I like I said, I, I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed at the fact that it just does run on portable at all. I think that's pretty cool. I mean, I think there was like an iOS yeah, version that was released for Bioshock pretty, like, pretty long time ago as well. We're actually going back like where they made this game even more universal than what it was back in 2007. Because what yeah. I remember, it was only for the PC and the Xbox 360. Yeah, I think a, a PlayStation, port, now it's, PlayStation 3 port came out 
like the next year, I think. Don't forget the Nokia also port. the Nokia port. As far as difficulty, uh, I played through it on normal because oh. I wanted to get it over with as quickly as possible because I had just beat it like two weeks earlier. Right. So I was just trying to do a quick playthrough for this this one. Um, Michael, what did you play it on? Played it on hardest. That's what the difficulty is called. Um, I know there's a survivor after it, but I don't know what was going on through my head when I chose hardest. I, I think it's because I like a challenge. But then I felt guilty for not choosing Survivor. Um, but at the same time, I was also kind of trying to just get through the game as quickly as possible. Because you guys were all talking like, oh, yeah, beat it. And I'm like, shit, I have not beat it yet. <laughs> I beat it like two days ago. Uh, Chris? I guess I am the Survivor. That's so fucking cool. I did. Um, Kevin, what difficulty did you play? You're awesome. Well, I haven't, yeah, that's, beat, a, that's... I haven't beat a single game. Uh, and it's like the fourth episode of this podcast, just because I have a newborn, and uh, so I played it on easy, and I ended up beating it in like four hours. So I was like super. I just ran through shit. It was great. Like I, I would just like hit a fucking big daddy with a wrench. I didn't care. So it was Chris, amazing. you were the sole survivor. It yes. sounds like you played it on survivor. Yep, I sure did, and it was amazing. We have a, we have a recording of Chris um, getting ready to play the game on Survivor. Because I'm a stud. Uh. I'm ballsy. I don't take no shit from anyone. Yeah, that's how it was. That's how it was. Just uh, don't upgrade the pistol. It's the worst gun in the game. All right, and with that... A wrench is the best in the game. Yeah, it's the best. The wrench, but you can't upgrade it, but you can get the perks for it. That's yeah. the thing. That's so, the thing. Um, as far as the opening sequence, the airplane, and just kind of landing in the water... Um, is, is this uh Michael and uh, Kevin? Was this your guys' first time with this game? Yes. I, I'll start off first. Uh, I, I ended up playing back in like 2007. I ended up playing until, I guess, the first um, like elevator. So like the first level. And then I, uh, yeah, my computer wasn't strong enough to play it. So uh, I didn't end up finishing it. So uh, the first part of this game was like super familiar. And then after I got to like the second level, uh, I can't remember the name of it. Started, you know, some of the narrative started popping, and it was all fresh. Nice. Um, Michael, uh, if you is this your first time with this one? Yes, first time nice. playing. So yeah, did you guys have any like big takeaways from that opening, as far as like the plane crash and being in the water? I don't, I don't see what the remaster did. I remember it looking just as good, and then I looked up videos, <laughs> yeah. and sure enough. It looks exactly the, the same. I feel like are like very similar. I, like, I, I imagine there's like higher res now, but yeah, overall, like um, it seemed like it it looked pretty incredible in 2007, and now it looks just like yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's just I think they just added more bubbles. My computer now can actually yeah. run it. So I mean, well, I wanted to say like my computer could run it back in the day. <laughs> well, you're. I guess that I'll play yeah, the queue again. We're, gate, we're gatekeeping <laughs> from 2007 now. Because I'm yeah, a star. it was basically I'm ballsy. I don't take no <laughs> shit from anyone. Yeah, well, basically, I was running it off with the uh, Nvidia seventy nine fifty GTX, and I guess that was the first uh, video card to have a gigabyte in it. But anyways, that uh, that video card produced it pretty well. That game ran extremely well. How it was operated off XP, because I think that's what we were all using at that time. Sounds about right. Good. Yeah. So, uh, uh, excuse me, I was on Windows ninety five. <laughs> well, well, at the time they they started to go to like I was with Vista. Vista. I was I'm never like... upgrading. Why upgrade on perfection? <laughs> Were you guys struck at all by the art dire art direction kind of leading up to the descent into Rapture, Kevin? Yeah, I have quite uh, 
I mean, again, like, I think this game has been talked to yeah. death, but I mean, because it's like, I've played so many games that came out after this that, have, you know, and I just kind of like have to separate myself from like, okay, this game kind of started this fad. Like, this game kind of started the fad of like, you know, doing, doing the like old timey yeah. aesthetic. Like this one specifically at like 1960, but I I don't feel like it's quite 1960. I feel like that might be the year that's like underwater. Yeah. Well, I think it's that's nice. debatable. It's, uh, uh, I think like right when you go in, it's like New no, Year's, it's, it right? was the, you got an audio log from like New Year's of 1958, which is like when the war started. I think um, I might be mistaken on this, but I believe the actual year the game takes place is 1960, and the like kind of rapture civil war type thing happened like 1958. Well, actually. <laughs> I don't know because it actually sounds like it was 1940s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bioshock too. was or, um, Rapture was founded in 1946, but then it okay. Yeah, and then that it was underwater sense. for about 12 years before Fontaine kind of had his uprising on New Year's 1958, and then I believe you crashed the plane and land. Anyway, um, so yeah, I, I was, I, you know, I saw some of the cues in the. In the, in the world and then i saw 1959 uh, i thought it was curious that the art look was more like an art deco which is kind of from like the 1930s to 40s kind of architecture and it was kind of like everywhere um and it wasn't like shag carpet like you'd expect from the <laughs> yeah, 60s I think that's, uh... well i also want to say it kind of felt like a roaring 20s but it collapsed Right yeah, there. it's kind of like a place frozen yeah, it, in time, I think, is what they're going for. Um, yeah, so it was like made somewhere in the 40s by an industrialist, right? And this whole area just has that kind of like vibe where it's kind of like old brass and, you know, Art Deco, you know, very geometric looking. Incredibly uh, like invoking of like all of the Ayn Rand, or Ayn Rand um, like book covers and shit, like that hyper industrial. Um, with those, um, yeah, exactly. Time period, yeah, around right. the same time because uh, I believe the Fountainhead came out in like the like 1943, so it would have it would have been around the same time. Um, okay. Ayn Rand was kind of hitting her stride like in that mid 50s was I think when um, Atlas Shrugged came out. So definitely was was in her wheelhouse for sure. I noticed that the you know they they took the design choice to not make the characters like super realistic. They're obviously they have like they're a little stylized, you know, all the proportions like heads are bigger than they would be. Yeah, they're or, like kind of bulbous like know. foreheads and like. Uh, yeah, the little girls have like huge eyes, you know. Yeah, bulbous yeah. foreheads. So well, it's definitely like the look, but it, it it's kind of timeless. I feel like they didn't go for you know the hyper realistic Call of Duty thing. It's kind yeah, of refreshing. It's another game, kind of like XCOM, that kind of strikes like a middle tone where it's a, a little bit like too dark to go full like realism. Like you're beating people to death with a wrench. Like it's nice to have like a little bit of style well, on top of it. The overall plot is a kind of referendum on like. Ayn Rand's objectivist philosophy, which is this free market, like, let the scientists just go wild and do whatever they want, uninhibited, let people sell whatever they want, oh. uninhibited, and it's, it turns out to kind of start out as a utopia, but obviously very quickly, as you listen to the audio logs, you realize it kind of all went to shit, like, basically right off the jump. Um, yeah, that, well, I guess that, that w was rapture. Rapture was the utopia of freedom of science because that's what Andrew Ryan wanted freedom of science. And, like, I guess every government, because Rapture was it's in its own way a, a city under the sea, but like, uh, I, I guess, like, every government, like, uh, Russia, America, they have like democracy or uh, uh, communism, and it all plays out in it different ways rapture was basically the city of anarchy government oh yeah, it's anarchy. more of a libertarian thing than an anarchist thing it's like they're it's uh 
So it's Ayn Rand started writing like in the post New Deal era where like we basically had just established like social security and stuff. So there's this kind of specter of like, oh, we're giving money to people and I'm paying for these other people to like have a quality of life and stuff. So there's kind of this fear mongering about like even Andrew Ryan says it like in his little opening monologue thing that you see on your way down the bathosphere. It's, you know, uh, the Americans give their money to the poor, the Vatican gives their money to God or the communists give their money to everyone. So Which is ironic because this man is anything but he's like a CEO. He runs it like a yeah, damn he's an industrialist. CEO. He's a libertarian industrialist. He believes in the free market, the great chain, as he likes to call it. Um, yeah, but his whole city went to anarchy. He's basically an anarchist. Libertarian. Anarchist. Just look around how his whole city went to. Anyway, uh, the the narrative is uh, it goes through uh, voice clips, which I feel like this is one of the first games to do it. Uh, I mean, if, unless you count like. Baldur's Gate and all those kinds of things that have that. It's just hard to see like lots of first-person shooters having uh, it's like uh, you know the the thing that Firewatch is known for now. And uh, we also did it with uh, Moons of Madness, where you get you know your audio exposition through like radio bits. Yeah, the uh, environmental storytelling kind of a thing they leaned on. So even though you're only entering Rapture kind of in its decline, you do kind of get a sense of the trajectory that was on over like the 12 to 14 years uh, preceding you. So really, really cool. One of the better aspects of the game, but definitely something that's like become so done to death at this point. And yeah, yeah, everybody rips off this game because I mean, this game kind of made the cookie cutter mold. <laughs> it is, it is the mold. Like the uh, the voice clips. And like, you weren't a fan of the voice clips, Michael? How many of them? I would be listening to one, and I'd find another, and and then I would find another, and then like the actual main story voice clip would come over, and then I'm like, well, I'm not gonna go back and select these. Yeah. I don't well, know. I mean, you can. Basically, but... you just listen to a clip and just you start blowing away splicers. It isn't the best UI for listening to the audio logs. That's definitely for sure. That's. Uh... <laughs> but it's like the it, it's the quickest. Just bam. One of the button. one of the voice clips you need to use, listen to though, and it, it does not tell you that. <laughs> Because it's like, oh, I was thinking it was like a story one, but there's like a certain passcode or something that was hidden within one of the voice recordings. And I'm like, well, now I don't know what the passcode is. And I'm well, like, well, I guess I'm just going to look through all of my voice clips that I grabbed recently. And sure enough, I found it. Well, so they make it necessary, but most of them are just, you know, lore to what's happened. And I, I guess that that's what bugged me is when I, it became like just a, a lore thing. And then all of a sudden it became a necessity. Like, hey, I hope you've been listening to these <laughs> <Yeah>. voice clips. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, why don't I know the passcode? But yeah, I mean, also, I know when you first get into it, uh, I, we were, I know we already passed over the um, opening scene and whatnot, but when you first get down into it, Rapture, uh, the water effects, I hated them. I, they, I don't know why, but I was getting like nauseous. Like when you walk under like a oh, the water pouring effects. in. Yeah. Yeah, the screen effects. I mean, looking out and seeing water wasn't bad. I mean, I've never been underwater. I can't really say that's not what it's like. It's very bright, surprisingly, but I guess that's from all the lights. But yeah, I don't know what was going on with those those screen effects. Cause I'd be playing and then I'd see it happen and I'm like, oh god. Yeah, I feel like I was getting motion sickness from it. I they mean, that's probably just too, me. So. I know. <laughs> it, was, it was rough to the point where eventually I was like, I'm just going to run through this game because right. I'm starting to feel sick. Oh, wow. You guys get like a, a water sickness or like a boat I sickness? I don't know. 
I yeah. it happened to me. I I don't know what was going on with me. I don't know if I was dehydrated or something happening physically with me, but I was getting a lot of motion sickness from playing this game. And then I would hop onto a different game like Divinity and I'd feel fine. And I'm like, all right, I guess it was it was Bioshock doing it to me. In space effects, that's good to know, cause yeah, I mean, I didn't I didn't get that at all, but I do I did get annoyed because I couldn't see anything. Yeah, and I thought they did that on purpose to like disorient you, but if it makes you actually nauseous, like you're wearing a <laughs> VR headset. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what was going on, but that was probably why I was so behind with everyone else playing the game. And I'm like, oh god, I have to take a break. I well, I can't. Make well, me go back. You I don't do. want to go back to Rapture. <laughs> it, it was it was a little rough. Was it the engine that was like a disin disintory? Uh, it was. I don't know the the way the screen looked. I I I tried to keep the settings to default for the most part because i'm sure that's how the game's meant to be played but i feel like the field of view looked weird too Uh, don't don't mess with the field of view (laughs) i didn't mess with it but i'm wondering if i should have like it should have been like normalized when you played that game i don't know field of view like makes it more like like narrow or like uh too tough or like telescopic it felt narrow to me that's why i was like should can i can I make it less narrow? So I didn't mess with it because I'm like, I'm just going to make things worse. But yeah, no, I, I, was, I figured it was probably just me. I don't know what was going on with me this past week, but I was getting very nauseous from playing this game. It might be on the remastered version too. I'm not sure. I, I remember those effects being pretty disorienting on the, on the you know, the original. No. But at the time really. it was like, that shit was all new. Like refraction on the screen. Oh my God. Yeah, that's that the was... hard part for me to like take into consideration is the fact that this game was made back in 2007 and I'm not great at knowing which when a game was made. So it's like, I'll play this game and I'm like, oh, I feel like I've seen this before, but I don't know where i've I've definitely seen the style before because but like you guys are saying this is the game that kind of started this kind of style so i'm assuming it was from a future game but yeah no comparing it to anything from now it's like oh this like you said how is this remastered yeah yeah i don't i don't right. like i said blind squirrel yeah. i think did the remaster i i I hazard to like tell what actually yeah. was like changed with the remaster versus like the fact that there's like the director's commentary and like stuff like that embedded in the game, which is which is admittedly pretty cool. I, I did go back and watch all those. I think I think well, that is a cool feature that they should add to like I every also, remastered game. Like I they should, should have that. I could yeah, also say about it's like a behind the scenes game. like this remastered game wasn't the best done remastered game I've seen because it actually did have a lot of glitches and it just felt a little floppy in a way because I, I i just remember there will be like a puddle of water and you will shock it and it would not hit the splicers at all and it's just like what that's the problem i had with it yeah i don't think blind squirrel is really a is like a programming studio uh, i bet you they just you know up some textures and added some particles like up the particles uh i know that i i could see like the big daddy's like footstep particles <laughs> through the ceiling um i so could that... hear like basically everybody through every other room that's how bad the remastered version was i'm just like oh god there's everybody around me like you can even hear the big daddy from like three rooms away i kind of like that i thought that implied that they were like super loud and i liked hearing their footsteps like three rooms away i i i don't know 
I, I liked hearing the doctor go, Jesus loves me. Yeah, yes, those ones are scary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because the Bible says... Jesus loves me. Yes, he does. Smack him up a ranch. I, yeah, I, I enjoyed the sound, too. Surprise, like, I thought it worked pretty yeah, well. Like, I mean, playing with, like, headphones on, you could definitely pinpoint yeah, where the, the creaking, the, like, easily. dripping. Like, you just, it's kind of, like, it really does a good job, like, as far as, like, immersive sound design. I think it's it's pretty solid. Well, it did it did oh, help yeah. with the spider splicers, like, uh, because you know how they, like, make that loud sound on the ceilings. Yeah, and just oh, the yeah. general screaming of every splicer as they open up to attack you. It, it, it's pretty jarring sometimes. Yeah. Well, well, the spider splicers, like, basically, they will, like, hit concrete on top of the ceiling and throw, like, uh, wrenches at you or, uh, like, hooks, something like that. Yeah, where do they get all those hooks? I don't know. That's a lot of hooks. I mean, what do you even need, like, hay hooks for in Bioshock? Like, in Rapture? Their, and they're flaming hooks, power. too. That they just... Spawn hooks out of their hands. That's their mutant gene. It's like Spike from X Men. Except with like superheated metal hooks. Superheated metal hooks. Oh, I'll like this. Uh, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I'd take that power. Could battle some hay. I prefer the the ice power. Well, not really that power. Once you get the the, the tonics are pretty fun. Those combat tonics or the the freezing one. I used the crap out of that one, and then it kind of made a lot of uh, those powers. Alright everyone, <laughs> yeah. you walking around with a frozen wrench, freezing big daddies and shattering them, it's very satisfying. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's difficult that, to do, but it that happens. That only <laughs> works what kind of difficulty you do it into, because it really doesn't always work. No, it doesn't always work in the hardest either, but you have to be like on top of it, you have to be whacking them with the wrench as fast as possible. Well, basically I set a little bit of traps and then like... Uh, Get my game plan into order, then let's go, Big Daddy. Go, Big well, going Daddy. back to the, the remastering topic, do you guys think that they'll remaster games another time? Now, like, as technology's getting better? I hope not, please. I think it would be cool. do you think there's going to be? That's, is that what the question boils down to? I, I, think I guess so. Like, because, Dark Souls has been released three times now, right? Oh, uh, because, I, I just wanted to say uh, my honest opinion about uh, Bioshock Remastered, I don't think this game needed to be remastered because the first game when it was created was a masterpiece. Well, to me, um, remastering something means they're making it yeah, just, uh, just like a new new code of like, distinctively better, but, but it's not distinctively better. I think that's the problem with a lot of remasters. But and I, I was wondering if you think like with technology getting better, could we see this game get released again, but with like RTX capability? It didn't need to be. Yeah, we're we gonna do or let's define like remake versus remaster. Yeah. Like I think we're gonna we're gonna see remasters until the end of time. I think, like. 15 like, years uh, on from the initial release, like the, I feel like the, just the overall scope of like that genre of game has like, there's just games that have done the same thing, but better by now, you know, even though at the time it wasn't a masterpiece. So I feel like at a certain point they're obligated to stop remastering it and like actually just remake it. Like it'd be cool to like actually do like a really fast, fluid, more well-performing version of this game with like kind of the same aesthetics and storyline. I don't know. I think uh, I'm a big fan of the Resident Evil remakes that have come out over the last few years. I think at a certain point, like the, uh, the, the game itself, you know, you have all this, you have new ways to kind of experience that I feel like it's worth 
just kind of rehashing but doing a better job, not just adding a new coat of paint and calling it remastered. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with Ian because, like, I, I, I just really feel like this game really didn't need to be remastered because it felt like the same game, but even it has, worse. It has basically every single flaw still, and like you said, like, there's, there's so many good, like, FPS RPG hybrids have come out in like the last 13 years since the game came out so i feel like at, at a point you can't just keep like i love bioshock but i, I don't want to play through bioshock i definitely had diminishing returns with this playthrough and basically everyone since the initial release so at a certain point they will have to like kind of up the game itself and not just make it prettier yeah yeah well i yeah. think uh cloud chamber is working on a new one right that the, the whole bioshock production is always like super nebulous i i don't know i can't get a, i can't get a pulse on any of it like i basically played all Bioshock games and uh Bioshock 2 was basically one of my favorite but when they remastered that one oh I'm not even gonna go into it and uh Bioshock Infinite yeah it was pretty good pretty pretty well main balanced I guess but like I guess they tried to go for a balanced view with its uh whole you can only have two weapons and everything and uh then they came out with the dlcs that went back to rapture and that's where it lost me so i don't know i just really don't know what's going on with the bioshock universe um i was gonna say uh blind squirrel uh is in orange county next to me pretty close uh, they have a game it's called uh drifters loot the galaxy uh it's it's kind of cool because uh they're usually doing remasters like this, and I think it's their first IP they've had in a while. I haven't checked it out. I might check it out sometime. I uh, figured I'd plug them because, you know, yeah. why not? We're playing their Yeah, yeah. Remaster. We can have as much of a, um, like, we can poo-poo the concept of remastering. The fact of the matter is they, they did... They did remaster the game. Uh, it's it's Bioshock, though. <laughs> that kind of stuff, yeah. um, you know, I think it released on Windows XP, uh, and it might have had some issues working on modern operating systems. So I'm glad they were able to, you know, make it accessible, yeah. at least to people no, I'm, who I'm so happy I can play it on Switch Wait. now. That is that is legitimately, uh, like, yeah, on I, can, the I can play it while taking a poop, and that's pretty rad. Um, Thank you, Black <laughs> yeah. Squirrel. That, that cool. rocks. Um, so overall, like sound design, did you guys have anything else? I think uh, I think that's what the last thing we were talking about was. Uh, really loud. Just sound like the sound just pierced right through the walls. Well, you know, you can always adjust that in your setting. Oh uh, no, like three walls. Just you just can hear Big Daddy like stomping from another wall. Well, that's like that's their three presence. walls. They're, they're supposed to to be this yeah. big daddy. I think, I think that lends to their. Uh, intimidation factor which is intentional and also which, you, you gotta know where these dudes are to get the good ending so i'm glad they're they make themselves like no you don't know yeah, yeah i was gonna say i i was well, looking for big okay. daddies most of the time no 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 okay I, I i'm gonna be honest i had a problem with big daddies basically i had big daddies spawning in the same area with me with little sisters i'm just like okay take a big daddy Lucky out you that I, I don't remember that in the uh, original version though. I'm just like, why are they like spawning in the same area? I don't know if you guys had that problem. Did you try turning down the? They, they would. They would. Yeah, spawn. I, I think. Oh, I would kill a big daddy, and it would. I be remember there in the again. old, uh, in the original, I had to like, I would get the three for the area all in like the same one spawn that I knew they would spawn from. I would just like kind of circle back to it, and then there'd be another one. So. I'm pretty sure that's consistent with the original. Hmm. Yeah. Overall, how... yeah, it's kind of useful because that one part of the game where you have to loot, like you make the EMP 
and you have to loot all those big daddies, like four of them or something. Yeah. How do you guys feel overall yeah. about just the overall uh, gameplay presentation of the big daddies? Uh, just a roving boss that has a specific currency tied behind fighting them. Well, I do like them on survival mode because you do not want to mess with them. <laughs> And they really will mess your day up, even though you get revived every like time you die. But like basically, the ro- is it the Rosies? Uh, the right? Rosies are the later yeah. ones. I think you start out with bouncers. No, the, the I, no. Well, the first no, ones. Start, are the start, I can't even remember. See? Yeah. Okay. The first ones you start off with is like the bouncer, but that's like the very first one. Then Not you start the, off the with the ro- Then you start out with the Rosies, which the Rosies can shoot you with like a the rivet gun. And boy, does that like hit you like every two shots, and it kills yeah. you. Yeah, you can't really. Uh... I noticed even playing on easy mode, like you can't really cheese them by like no. corner. Like you'll get shot. So, I, but I mean, like death doesn't mean anything in this game. You just respawn, and then you know it doesn't heal. Like you Unless just go out. You and kill. They do give you the option to turn the vital chambers off. Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, you do. Yeah, Wait, you can, really? It's in the options. Like, oh, oh wow, uh, that's. I thought okay. that would have been part of like survivor mode. No, there's or something. A... that's why I was like, I don't want to do survivor mode because I'll probably once you're dead, it's a you have separate to... achievement oh, so, for oh, not okay. restarting the chambers. I think. Oh, so okay. Uh, tell me this: like, when you turn those vital chambers off? Do you like uh, go back to your like? Last yeah, so you can still just save point? as much as you want. It's not really like it. It's just you don't automatically get oh, okay. revived constantly. Okay, so you're potentially even closer. Yeah, well, I mean, you already are that close with them on. <laughs> you you can just load. You can just save whenever you want anyway. So that feature never goes away. Yeah, but loading takes a, a second. Not like quick save in, in some games where it's like, oh, saved, loaded. Oh, yeah, was anybody upset that the quick save and quick load are like F8 and F9 instead of like... There's a quick save? Yeah, I didn't know that. Isn't it <laughs> I, in Skyrim? I have not it's like saved and lost progress. Oh. Yeah, I accidentally <laughs> auto loaded uh, and then lost like thirty minutes because I quick loaded. And I was like, Fuck. "Yeah, yeah." It was when that happened when I lost my progress. Then I'm like, oh, "I'm just running through this game." Yeah, I, I find I find the game is actually pretty fun that way too. Like, this would be an interesting game to just learn the speed yeah. run because it's. I think it's a forty minute speed run. It's not bad. Wait, like I you play it on easy, but if you play it on the hardest mode, it's not a forty minute speed run. It's not gonna make much and of speed a runners difference. Don't, to be speed honest. runners aren't <laughs> arrogant enough to pick the hardest difficulty. They normally just do it on whichever one they can beat the game quickest on, right? Isn't that isn't that the point of speed running? There's different categories. You can do the one hundred percent category. You can do the very hard category. There's a you know there's a category for you, but uh, if you want to run it live like it's the one that's the most reliable but uh going back to the big daddies i will say those are they're the only thing worth fighting like yeah. everything else is kind of just like uh, get out of the way <laughs> you you mean nothing to me unless it's a specific quest npc then you know just like yeah. waves of splicers like when you're in the lab and stuff like oh that was annoying i'm like waiting i'm like <laughs> where are the enemies oh the, there's one that that part yeah that was the part that I had to redo. Well, it sounds like overall you uh, didn't enjoy like the gunplay very much. You didn't think it was like challenging enough or uh, varied enough. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I didn't see the, the the point of it really. Um, oh. to the point where I, I don't even think I used every weapon in the game. I the wrench. I don't know. I, I fell in love with the wrench pretty early on and kind of just made it my personal goal to just kill everything with a, a wrench except for big daddies because 
I couldn't. Yeah, there's like the a beginning. hard, there's a hard like well, twenty five. They one shot like 25% me. Twenty five percent like um like damage gate on the wrench. I think it's like seventy five percent damage reduction on wrench attacks on through all difficulties as like a mechanism to make them not get owned by the wrench like everything else. Well, oh, I don't know. On the hardest mode, you really couldn't rely on the wrench. It was good for certain situations, but you did have to uh, change your options of weapons. I thought you had to rely on the wrench. No. That's what they implied. They're like, you can't find weapons or ammo or money, so make sure you don't use any Uh, weapons except for the last boss Basically, somebody will hit you, and you're like, oh crap, they like took about like 75% of my health with one hit. Screw this. I'm doing range. I'm curious, Chris. How how long you think was your... uh your survival mode playthrough hours uh, wise 16 hours 16 yeah yeah I, I did four so that's like quadruple my my time you have like, 14.8 hours played Kevin. that's because i left it on all night <laughs> <laughs> like i was basically playing the game i wasn't like being lazy about it like basically you just can't uh just like saying when i kill a big daddy with a ranch on the hardest difficulty like basically even if you have the ice factor on it he will he will eventually break out of it and you just don't do enough damage so you have to improvise in that game he won't always break out of it it's like a percent chance no if you he, hit him he, fast he, enough you'll keep re- reapplying no, he'll break out of it on the hardest difficulty because he has so much health it's just like oh forget this the wrench is well sick. survivor mode and and hardest difficulty i'm pretty sure are the same except for the fact that you find less ammo and money i don't i don't know if anyone knows certain idea but i'm just saying it's possible you you can wrench a, a big daddy on uh, hardest difficulty you have all your perks and like in settings yeah you have to have you have to have the perks but like it's extremely hard to do it in the hardest difficulty because he'll break out of it and basically by the time he hits you you're already already down by like a 10 percent health that's okay go die go back to your vita chamber <laughs> that's <laughs> and, not the and point keep whacking some more like the point is like kill him as quickly as possible like big daddies are tough they're really tough if you want to take them by yourself by alone like without revival well yeah without revival i'd say everyone's somewhat tough if you turn the vita chambers off i imagine the game becomes a lot more dreadful but with revival i felt like a god yeah because (laughs) you can come back there but like i think in one point time like in like the original version like you would die from a big daddy he would like actually gain like uh i think 10 or 20 percent health back if you died so you're just like oh no so yeah, you actually won yeah like that's why i don't understand the remastered version so hold on but... wait chris did you did you play for the good ending or the bad ending? i played for the good ending what kind of person do you think i am a horrible person oh god i mean you're you're going to rapture right like when in rapture why not just do as andrew ryan intended you know now would you kindly please but you always had the choice that was like the funny uh analogy about what he said a slave obeys a man chooses. You can choose. You always have a choice. So did we all go for the good ending? I, I think we did. Yeah, we're for the good ending. We've really grown a lot. I know as a, if, if I played this in 2007, I guarantee it would have went for the bad ending. No, I, I think I did. I would have harvested for sure. Yeah, that, that's the bad ending. I, I wish you didn't. No. 
Um, on Survivor, do you get like that pity package, or is that just not easy? It's a pity package. Uh, you get like after saving a little girl, you get um, like a oh, pet, like, the, teddy, the bear. teddy bear. Yeah, yeah no, 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 you get that. You get that if you save the uh, the the little. It's like sister. every like three or four little sisters you save or something. You get that. It's every I think one it's every different level. Completely yeah. like fucks one up the moral dilemma. Either. Of like the whole game, like the fact that you get those bonuses. I, I think you technically get more out of by like the end of the game, or like almost the exact same amount if you save them all. So it literally like just completely deflates the moral conundrum that would be harvesting them. Let's like, yeah. not ruin it though. But uh, I kind of like the good ending, but like the bad ending, I, I it's kind of pretty bad and gruesome if you do that ending. Apparently, Ken Levine only wanted the good ending, and the uh, 2K made him put in the. Uh, the bad ending. What about Bioshock 2? Uh, Ken Levine wasn't involved. So, what yeah. about Bioshock? What about Bioshock 2? Wait, so how much Adam do you get from harvesting? Like uh, You get like a uh, hundred and like, wait, 200 or yeah, 180. Like 180 per. Oh, okay. I think overall by the end of the game you get and almost you get, the exact like, same amount if you if you just save them all. So again, like it's, there's no point. Yeah, so uh, yeah, there's no point. Just do beat the right man. Beat the good yeah, man. At the end of the game I had like a thousand Adam and I was like, and they don't even let you spend it on that last vending machine there's like one even health upgrade that combined the last vending machine i'm like well where's all the this, this tonics and stuff i was like nope. i've been saving for this moment i was no, saving I, it i didn't use plasmids very often i, I like a lot regret of not useless. using them because um i found i yeah i didn't test them enough i didn't even use all the plasmids but i found that the uh Wow, that's the funnest that one. Again. The uh, the target dummy was very useful. Yes. I, I once I found target dummy, I just used that strictly and whacked everything with a wrench. Still, <laughs> except for the last boss, because I could only do his first phase with the wrench, and then for whatever reason, I don't know if this is how it always is, but he became immune to my wrench damage. Like hitting him was like hitting the air. Didn't well, make a noise or anything. You know what's the funny thing for the last boss for uh, Fontaine? Just use the chemical thrower with electric gel. That crap is so funny when you use it on him. He literally can't do anything to you. Isn't he immune to it if he's like... No, he's not immune to it. He's he's like lightning. It depends on his form. I'm pretty sure, because, yeah, he becomes immune to, like, fire in certain just forms. Use, just use the chemical thrower, because you can switch all three. I feel like, you know, um, a similar, another game that does this whole, like, ammo thing, it's, like, hot on the heels, it's, like, Doom Eternal, like, Doom. Uh, I, I kind of gave that game back, because I'm just like, nah, I'm not going to do this game anymore. I, I like the first Doom, but not Doom Eternal. Well, the thing I, I wanted to bring up about it was just that the fact that, you know, you know, reloading uh, with the alternate ammo types was such a pain in the ass. Oh, yeah. It took forever. I wish there was, like, an elixir to improve, like, the speed at which you're, like, changing ammo. Because I just never wanted to do it because it took so long. It's like, might as well just reload. Fuck it. Or might as well switch to a different weapon. Like, Yeah, uh, that was uh, pretty annoying. Yeah, but again, like, this was made 2007. You know, you're using the F keys to select, you know, plasmids. (laughs) Yeah, but okay, like that's what I hated about Bioshock Remastered because I thought they were gonna like generally go to a quicker way of like shooting your plasmids and shooting your gun because Bioshock Two actually had dual wielding between your gun and your plasmids, and it was a lot more easier. That's probably just a quality of life upgrade that they 
discovered? Well, no, it was pretty much the same, Michael. It's just, it took so long just to switch between gun and plasmid. And um, that's I really... what I'm saying. Like, the, it was annoying in the first one, and in the second one, they made it not annoying. Yeah, but, like, you know, when we think about remastered, we're, like, we're thinking that they're going to make the controls and the graphics and the gameplay all better or something with a new engine. Nope. Yeah, I think that goes back to, like, it being, like, a remake. A remaster mostly is, like, new textures, maybe. Like, just affecting the graphics, but not the actual mechanics of the game. Yeah, we we didn't hire any programmers to, like, you know, change the bad code in this game. Besides, we need to hunt down, you know, all those programmers and demand that they, you know, tell me what was wrong with this code. They probably don't remember from, like, 10 years ago. So it's this poor guy, Blind Squirrel, probably would be like, well, I got to reverse engineer this code, and I only have six months to remaster this. Yeah, no, they're just, they're getting some artists to just up some textures. Like, if they wanted to remake it, they could, Cloud Chamber can remake Bioshock. And maybe they'll do some cleaner gameplay, but... Give me some RTX, I want to see some better lighting. Well, speaking <laughs> of Bioshock, do you think that they're going to make a new Bioshock game? It's already confirmed, dude. Cloud Chamber's making a new one. Oh. Confirmed. Confirmed. Go to their website. Look at it. It says, what we're working on, the next one. Don't know what it's called. And it says, we're hiring. Cinematics producer, lead environment modeler, lead level designer, principal combat designer, principal systems designer. Yeah, so they are hiring in Quebec and Nevada. I, um, back, back to the game, I, I, I know we kind of like tried beating it as quick as possible, but I did like the, the little sisters in the game because at that point, I kind of I felt like I was required to save them. I know I didn't have to. I mean, I guess I did for a good ending, but I didn't know that. <laughs> but I still felt the need to go find every single little sister before I move on in the main story. Well, yeah. I was like, I can't do that. That was my main frustration. I was walking around looking for, like, I'd find a big daddy and I'd follow him until he, like, bang on a door and get another little sister to come out. And then you ambush him. <laughs> yeah, then. Then I go ham with, um, well, generally a shotgun. I don't know uh, what your weapon of choice was, but I feel like the shotgun. Electric was buck, baby. Yeah, electric buck was good. Yeah, I feel like the shotgun. I didn't use weapons enough good. to the point where anytime I'd try and pick up ammo, I would always be at max. So uh, same with money. Be like, your wallet's full, your ammo's full, you can't pick this up. So, like, I pretty much <laughs> only use weapons on big daddies. Yeah, that's well, why I regretted not picking Survivor because I'm like, well, I already have way too much ammo and money. If if I could get like another achievement just for playing the game the way I'm already playing the game, then I should have went for it. <laughs> well, I think I just upgraded all my weapons besides the pistol, and I think they're all great. I know. Uh, I guess the camera did help, but was it really necessary? I went ham on the camera. Yeah, I think sure I got we go with the camera. So, I have opinions about the camera. I feel okay. like I feel like the camera wasn't necessary. Like, you could have shipped the game without the camera. Yeah. You like, like it? it? Uh, it, gave I you, mean, it gave you upgrades. It did give you upgrades. But it didn't feel like it did, like, enough to do things to the enemy. Yeah, it, to it me... It made you do more damage. And I don't, it gave you free tonics. Uh, for me, the, the free tonics was... were worth it. I totally did it just for the tonics. And uh, I don't know. You know, uh, there's another game that does 
the kind of similar thing, like the research thing, like Metroid Prime scanning stuff. Uh, it felt like it was trying to do that, and I don't know, but like it would totally took me out of out of like shooting the splicers. Now I got to take a picture of them before I shoot. You know, like yeah, <laughs> kind of fucked up the flow of the game. Yeah, it does. Everything was blurry with the camera too. Like, yeah, I, mean, I didn't like that. It got to the point where it's like I walked around with a camera, shot things with a splicer, you know, like as soon as I walk into a room, shoot a picture of all of them. It like takes a minute. If I didn't like use the camera at all, my my completion time would have been like 30 minutes sooner. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, no, um, I at first I let the camera show me how much progress I was getting and it would take a second. But after uh, the first like couple upgrades, I just started clicking rapidly with the camera like till i couldn't take any more photos and then i would just kill them and then anytime i'd see someone i'd pull up the camera real quick to make sure oh you already got the full upgrade and i'm like all right great and then i just kill them well so you just like use all your camera roll you can't do all your you can't get all the upgrades in like the first level like basically it would just say like uh uh you're uh you don't have enough action points or you don't have enough uh whatever yeah it won't let you do because you can only upgrade well you can only take a picture of the same guy like three times and then it's like you've taken too many pictures but you can find all of the people respawn you could just um get the full upgrade on the enemy right yeah, away. Yeah, but it gives you achievements that say you fully researched the splicer. No, I know that. That's because um, there's, like, levels to it. There's, like, three levels per enemy or something like that, three or four. Mm. So you have to, like, get that bar full three or four times. To- I don't know exactly how many times. But... Well, like, it felt like, like it said, like, your action points ain't high enough, so you forget the progress. Well, that's because you can only take, like I said, you can only take a picture, like, three times, and then you won't be able to take a picture of the enemy anymore. You basically just kill that enemy, and when you find another one of that type of enemy, you can take a picture and it will raise the bar again. Yeah. Like, I even equipped those tonics, the the photograph ones, both of them, just because I'm like, I just got to get these upgrades as soon as possible. I think the camera falls apart because, like you said earlier, like the enemies like aren't worth fighting, so it's like making the enemies easier to kill. <laughs> They're already, like, you know, kind of bypassable afterthoughts that aren't, like, playing into the gameplay loop that much a lot of the time so it's like yeah i can research the houdini splicer to full so that i kill them in one less shot but it's like is that is that worth it if i'm not really that challenged by them to begin with or that engaged by fighting all the houdini splicers i feel like that's the problem with in a better game i feel like like in like in metroid like kevin said i think the camera's awesome but well i mean do you like achievements i I do like achievements I feel like they did that story part, you know, where uh, you're, what is the artist? Uh, Sander Cohen. Name. The Cohen brothers. Cohen. I feel like they added the Cohen sequence and they're like, fuck, we need a camera. And then they decided to put in the rest of it. They're like, what the fuck else can we do with this? Well, they could have just made it a temporary like, no, thing. Like, hey, you pick up the camera. All right, take a picture. And yeah, then it's a one-time, it's a one-time quest objective. Be able to use it. Yeah, they could have. Or they could have made more achievements. <laughs> I'd say it's like well, a, it's a, I, I say I it's like a net push like it doesn't make the game like worse you don't have to use it like if you want to yeah, use I mean, it you can you yeah, you it, can, it's, yeah. I, I think it i think it works fine for what yeah. it is i guess i'm just being cynical because i know everybody's gonna say that this game is a masterpiece and i have to find something, uh, something i think like the reuse of assets is my biggest jank factor with the game 
um every every like uh, npc you talk to being like a base splicer model with like one little alteration feels incredibly cheap to me i don't know if you guys felt that way like yeah, tenenbaum oh. and like all the important characters just being like a splicer model 95 percent like atlas no one's seen where like the bath the spear with his family and it gets blown up allegedly um like you see you see what? him running yeah, around and yeah, his model sucks it's the same as all the other models like, eh. There were some yeah. models that had their own like oh. like like model like Andrew Ryan like he's a specific character model um and some of the other ones were just like rehashes and recycles and that that felt kind of cheap to me I don't know how you guys felt about that I get it. yeah they put masks on. <laughs> I got to hide that fact they put masks on everybody everybody gets a mask to be fair, it was I wasn't sure who I was looking for like when I killed the guy I was oh that was the guy that I was supposed to kill okay. One of the okay. fascinating things about the game though is that it for how ambitious and incredibly like ahead of its time and like groundbreaking it was, it was a pretty like by the standards of the time small team that worked on it. So some of that stuff's like pretty excusable. I, I, I don't like mind it, but yeah, definitely not perfect. Yeah. I had a great story, Laura though. I think I think this Yeah, you just gotta be the contrast because like <laughs> everybody says it's yeah. a it's you know, a masterpiece. Well, people will shut up about how amazing this game is. Well, are we ready to get into, like, the oh. overall narrative arc? Because I think that's the part. I, I mean, as far as the FPS RPG gameplay, I mean, it's pretty groundbreaking, but I think I think we kind of touched on the fact that it's still, especially nowadays, that, like, other games have, like, refined it. Like, you, you bring up the, you know, modern Doom games, just games that take these elements and have as much of the, like, variability, but now it's just, like, a standard in all FPSs. So being a standard bearer is, like legitimately something that this game has to its credit but at the same time when you are the standard bearer games are games that come out later are going to kind of like improve on the formula so yeah it's a yeah this this game's narrative is super good because uh it's really well written i feel like what did, did chris Avalon work on this who, ken levine. who wrote this yeah it was ken levine yeah i think he's him. like the lead i don't know if there were other writers i think uh sean robertson who's like the lead like art director guy too i think he was yeah I mean, it's pretty darn good, man. Um, I don't know if people on the podcast are, are, are listening this far, but I mean, they're not we're about to spoil the shit out of this game. So, I mean, this game makes you believe that there's this guy Atlas and he's on your side and you're here to, you know, just by happenstance. And he wants your help because he's been taken advantage of by the big man, Andrew Ryan. And uh, he is kind of holding an uprising or he makes you think that um and then there's a twist kind of like act two in the game um after you do some like you know get acquainted with some of the characters uh you meet Tannenbaum, who who is involved with the creation of the, the little sisters and um some other surgeons you find out that there's an illegitimate illegitimate pregnancy from uh andrew ryan and stuff and all these little details started like creeping in into audio logs and stuff. Um, then you find out uh, finally when you have your your big uh, you know showdown with Andrew Ryan that you know you've been manipulated this whole time. There is a fight called oh, the best the best well, Ludo narrative like dissonance ever portrayed in video games. I think to this day. Um, thinking thinking yeah. you have choices in a game that like gives you like a moral moral binary and thinking that you're like your own agent this whole time and then being like told the end no fuck you, <laughs> you uh, there's been a audio phrase that you've been hearing before every thing that your your friend atlas has been asking you to do would you kindly with his with his thick nice kindly irish apparently accent apparently they originally recorded him with a southern accent 
<laughs> but apparently, like, the people know what everyone's like, yeah, fuck that. This fucking guy's up to something. <laughs> let's make him, let's make okay, him totally Yeah, but no. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. I didn't know about the twist. Uh, this playthrough was definitely like, oh, so that's what people like Bioshock yeah, it's pretty for. Cool. That's, it's, it's uh, I like, get it. It's the most meta twist in the history of games, I think. I, I, I'm pretty comfortable saying that. I, uh, I don't think there's another one that makes the fact that you have been thinking you've been doing things of your own volition the whole game, like, just, just kind of falls apart. I, I think that's legitimately makes you, like, think about yourself. It's a, it's a twist on you, the player, not a twist on the characters. Like, it is a twist on the characters, but it's also like, no, you haven't been actually doing anything of your own will. Like, it's, it's, it's incredibly personal. Personal. I think that's I think that's why it like sticks and lasts with people. Yeah, because you're like the self-insert in the story, and you know, kind of makes you question. You know, it's a philosophical yeah. moment. How do you feel about the twist as uh, your first time experiencing it, Michael? Um, well, I feel like you told me about oh, the shit. twist um, before I beat the game. I mean, even Alex kind of kept didn't spoil it when he was like, "I just got to punch Atlas." In the face. I thought he said Fontaine. Oh, I thought he said Fontaine. He oh, said that fucking Alex, man. <laughs> But, um, I don't know, from the very beginning of the game, I'm like, who the fuck, who's this guy? I just fell out of a plane and somebody's trying to help me? That's weird. That's because, so, like, uh, you kind of, I feel like you kind of, you, you feel it coming the whole time, just from, like, that random stranger's trying to help you out. I don't know, it's, uh, we're in rapture. Michael, here, Michael was know, hardened not, from Big Smoke's betrayal in GTA San Andreas, and now he just doesn't trust anybody. Yeah, uh... that was a good twist. I forgot <laughs> about that one. Get out of here with <laughs> the fucking number nine. The number, number nine, nine. Two number forty fives. One with extra dip. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. I don't know. It's. Uh, I didn't expect to kill Andrew Ryan. I was like, all right, this guy is just proving his like mind control by having he him was kill he was him. willing to die to to it's own like, him. It's like, all right, okay, guy. That's uh, I I was a little disappointed when I ran into Andrew Ryan too. I was kind of hoping to fight him, but then you just get you get mind control and killing him. I'm like, well, I was <laughs> gonna do that anyways. The illusion that's, that's of choice. Point, Michael. That's the game's being meta. You're, you've been thinking you've had any choice the whole time, but you've been on a linear path the whole time. Man, I don't know what the game's <laughs> trying to tell me. All I know is this underwater <laughs> place makes me nauseous, and I wanted to destroy whoever created it. Michael was immune to the to the meta narrative because he was legitimately <laughs> ill the whole time. <laughs> it did make me want to beat the game a lot quicker. Yeah. <laughs> To the point where I stopped, skip. like, I would pick up audio logs, but like I said in the beginning, I'd pick one up, I'd listen to it, I'd pick another one up, while the one's still playing, and I'm like, alright, I guess I'm not gonna listen to that one, because I'm listening to this one. And then the main story, Audio Atlas, would start talking, or, or Tim Bomb, or whoever, and I'm like, alright, I'm running too qu quick through this game. If you want to listen to the whole story, you really gotta... Yeah, the audio logs, I, I, uh, I re-listened to them on YouTube today, just to, like, make sure, like... The ones I missed, I like. I didn't like miss any like big like story beats or anything. Uh, there's an hour and five minutes to listen to all of them. A raw oh, time. Man. <laughs> wow. I was gonna, I was gonna ask Michael. Like, did you did you pick up on um, like any of the? Because uh, there's some audio logs that like show that the main character was like. Did you did you get to listen to any of those ones? Well, the, the main uh, character. Well, yeah, it's it, there, there's there's a lot of audio logs that like imply the main character was an illegitimate birth from Andrew Ryan. No, and then, like a clone of Ryan. I probably uh, listened to him. Was he a clone? I, I know, like this, like that one's you go into like the. Yeah, is it the they had to make you a clone that aged Basically, rapidly because 
Rapture's only been around for 14 years, yeah. so how would you be an adult? Yeah, oh, that's a clone. Also, I got a question for people who like listen to the audio logs very extensively, so I guess it's... I, uh, to, yeah. I, um, and you beat this game yeah, like five I, times. Um, so when, uh, when, not Atlas, Fontaine. what's his actual name? Uh, Fontaine. When Fontaine says, uh, he says a line uh, that struck me, he's like, I pretended to be a Chinaman for, for six months. Was yeah. he... Was he actually the other dude? Uh, Su Chong? No. No, he was not Su Chong. No, no, He's Su Chong's Su- legitimately Su-Chong? dead. Okay. You hear an audio log where he dies. And in uh, Bioshock Infinite okay. Burial at Sea, you, you see that audio log happen and you see him die. Su Chong is a separate character. Okay, because I saw a dude no, with a that, that was Su Chong. Um, but yeah, no, Atlas... He's just talking about like how he's like assumes other identities. Okay, because he said that like right hot on the heels as you were getting like audio logs. No, one of the, Sushan, like, like one of the things hmm. that's fascinating about Fontaine because uh, like Andrew Ryan's like built up as this great villain the whole time, and uh, Fontaine it could be argued is like the actual like anarchist. He's like consolidating power, and then as soon as like he has enough power that like he'd become the status quo, he like either fakes his death or he has like some grand like battle, and then he like shifts so that he can still be a populist under like another moniker that's his like he's always like just one of the people like he's that's his uh that's his angle so that anarchy can reign and that's that's one of the fascinating things about the the um, audio logs is because a lot of the like the plasmids and uh big daddy little sister stuff that's all like fontaine type stuff um he's the one that empowers tenenbaum when she finds the sea slugs to like start investing in that and people warn andrew ryan about or they're like hey he's like cornering the market on like genetic modifications and it's like a problem and andrew ryan because he's like so full of his own principles he's like well i have to let everyone just do whatever they want i can't regulate anybody i have to yeah yeah these splicer things are really messing with people's brains maybe we should do something about it what the slugs of the atom right right the uh the sea slugs were yeah so the sea slugs are 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 how you get atom and then um tenenbaum realizes that if you like put the sea slugs like in like a small girl's stomach you get like 30 times the amount of Adam, more or less. Um, and that's why the little sisters start happening. But why little girls, though? I remember that audio log. Because she was also, uh, when you remember the audio log, she was also a German engineer. Or a German, German or Russian, plant. I can't, I can't remember. No, she was a German scientist. Yeah. And Angela... <laughs> So and Andrew Ryan, that's part of like the funny thing because he's such a fucking like industrialist. He's like, I was little girls. That's like that's good marketing. Like I like that. <laughs> it's like as his as his like society's being destroyed beneath him. He, he's like so in love with oh. the concept of the free market that he's like, no, this is cool. I like this. That that's a good marketing ploy to make them all be little girls. Makes it seem less insidious than what it is. City will live. My city will thrive. Yeah, the freedom of yeah, science. It's, uh, he he definitely is constantly, as you listen to the audio logs, like kind of building his own, digging his own grave, and not realizing that. And that's why it's fitting that he does die that way. It's, uh, he he's so willing to like stick to his principles that he's like, fuck it, I'll die. Well, his principles were weird at the end when he dies because the slave obeys a man yeah. chooses. It's the only way he can like still have have power is that he you if you are following orders and not acting of your own free will then he's still better than you and that's really his only like leg at that point because he knows like that he's losing the city like he's, it's it's over at that point and he's kind of been reconciling with that but he's stuck to his yeah. principles like yeah. a man it's, he's so he does kind of win <laughs> but uh he definitely does not win <laughs> he owned uh, he owned Andrew. he owned uh yeah he owned you yeah he owned fontaine, fontaine. <laughs> Well, you know, Fontaine's got the atom. Yeah. That's why they call him the <laughs> that, that loading screen that pops up every every loading screen. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. <laughs>
Like it is in one of the audio logs. I, was, I, I got the audio log that had it this time, and I'm like, oh, it's the loading screen from every loading screen. Yeah. No, it's it's pretty fascinating. I like I I love that was kind of the takeaway I got this time was just how much like I don't know Andrew Ryan's just like constantly like there's so many audio logs of me just be like hey we got we got to do something about this he's like no it's fine <laughs> so, so as much as he's like a hypocrite about like his own like illegitimate pregnancies and um like trying to use it to consolidate power he's still like at certain points in the story like kind of letting it ride and that ends up being his downfall his uh his pride. But yeah, um, another like I don't know if you guys noticed. There's just so much like uh, so many overtures just about like the economy of the game and it kind of being an indictment on just like straight free market capitalism. Um, like uh, the fact that the main way of buying stuff like vending machines so completely like dehumanized commerce. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't notice like there were there were no you know friendly splicers that would be like, hey, would you like to buy my patented you know shock? Yeah. You know, everybody, uh, yeah, I agree with Kevin. Everybody was like for themselves. It was all through, yeah, you know, like uh, there was a corner on the market, which was what you're saying, like the vending machines. I didn't really give it a thought, but I mean, it's just kind of like a game mechanic. Yeah, they they actually really, did. Uh, Ken Levy yeah, talks about the, the director's commentary. It's like we did actually have like a friendly shopkeeper that you like couldn't kill, <laughs> but that sucked, <laughs> and everyone just tried right. to kill him. That was in one of the earlier builds. I guess they just had like a merchant splicer. What yeah, that guy. Um, totally yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they went sure. with the. Did like, you know that the Circus of Values clown was voiced by Ken Levine? The Circus, the circus of Values. Yeah. What about the what Bandito? about the You can hack those vending machines too. Yeah. So can we really hack people? I, have we talked about the hacking minigame? Uh, the hacking is very, very simply simple. Very. Simple. I I got screwed over a lot with certain hacks to where it's oh like my God. oh. All the, all, all the overload, oh, the overload ones just like completely around all the entrance. Overload. I'm like, well, I guess I'm failing this one. Because <laughs> there's no way like, through. And then it's like an hour or two to your gameplay if you actually hack. I was so. just buying them out. Well, oh, I hacked everything. Like, it you can annoying. also do the auto-hack or, uh, yeah. Yes, I started using I, auto-hacks at the end of the game. I'm like, I don't, I don't yeah. have And that's, that's another fun thing about the game. Um, again, with like the economy of the game and it being like a uh, kind of critique of like economic libertarianism it's like uh the uh the fact that the dollar bill by the end of the game like becomes completely fucking useless is pretty funny like i don't know if you guys were just full wallet the whole time and just buying shit to like not have full wallet <laughs> yeah, yeah full wallet probably yeah that, that like would happen. sandy i did not have that problem <laughs> i i kept running out of money all the time maybe maybe it's because i wasn't like searching every corner and uh i was definitely like running yeah. through the game well, i just never spent my money yeah there's nothing worth buying that's the problem uh, like it's... i said i used the wrench all the time yeah. so i didn't I use ammo so. and I'll for like the most part you can get like... your health back from eating chips or you'll I mean, I'll, I'll use, you find first All aid kits. All the important everywhere. upgrades. Towards the end, I bought, like, first aid kits, but that's because I might as well. It was well. basically ease and first aid. Yeah. That was it. The most important upgrades are all, I all bought with bought. Adam. Yeah, basically. Yeah. But it felt like the Adam ran too shortly. Like, you felt like you couldn't really buy all your Adam upgrades. Like, if you wanted, like, to get, like, an extra, like, a splicing, a tectonic pool, engineering, or, like, physical or uh, plasmid slot. Oh, onyx? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, uh, all that stuff. Uh, it, it just seemed like you didn't have enough Adam to get 
all the stuff you wanted. Well, not in the uh, beginning. Yeah. But I mean, it, halfway through, you're like, I, I'm i buying things and I'm only going for the upgrades. And you can only get like one upgrade each time throughout the game, it seems like. So I wish they just let you buy, max out your health and Eve right away because I probably wouldn't have been at the end of the game with like 1,000 Adam doing nothing with it. <laughs> I appreciate the fact that they put so many, um, what are they called again? Um, plasmids yeah, in the game, but I just yeah, I just found that like half the plasmids were just worthless. Oh yeah, like yeah. well, hurricane trap yeah, or like vortex trap. trap like the come B, on, the B one's pretty Get useless overall compared to like the other ones. B one, like the B one, does exactly what the fire does, except the fire is better and it has tonics yeah. that make it better. Like the B doesn't do shit. yeah nothing. I did like electric, and I did like the B uh B plasmid because when you fully upgrade B plasmid. It basically kills them, and it goes to the next person. I mean, it's still not better than fire. Ice plasma was pretty. I just like the I, I like elect- electro electro bolts. Ice was great. I like electro bolts. You have yeah, bees and electric. That's exactly. That was like well, just because you can hack doors with it and then hack machines with it. Yeah. That one. It's becomes... it's like almost. Re- I I liked telekinesis. Uh, I love telekinesis. There we go. Thank you. Fucking wrong. Because it Except. seemed overpowered for how little Eve it used. It does yeah. insane early game. Like, like, oh, I, like you could just like throw a fucking turd at someone's head, just incapacitate. <laughs> I used it on the last boss fight, and I'm pretty sure I took him down yeah. one of his faces by throwing like a a propane tank at him, at him or, or something. something. It's I don't know. It's it stays good yeah. the whole game, and you use it to get ammo and health packs. Yeah, you and... can loot some stuff from a distance. Telekinesis rock. And, or like uh, those annoying like electrical wires that are in the way you can just like at first i was using telekinesis to move it but then i'm like oh i could just use this corpse and whack up the corpse into the lightning and i do think one of the unfortunate things is some of them are tied to like exploration objectives and some of them aren't so that's always going to like fuck the value up you know you have the like door switches that you need electro bolt for you have like the iced over doors that you need to incinerate for and like so on and so forth and you just don't have that for every one so there's always going to be some that come up short like as to wanting to have them in your inventory i feel like they kind of sh- but the funny thing is you can always go back to the gene stores yeah, which totally, you can totally. do it it's just i, I think the, what on a on a like non-completionist playthrough you're always going to have the ones that like serve you the best in your inventory and that's always going to make you like partial to certain ones so like i guess like the- what would be your six in your inventory electro bolt um the the uh enrage um the big daddy manipulating one um incinerate and uh shoot telekinesis yeah uh is that five okay um probably like security bullseye i think security bullseye helps with a lot of the big daddy encounters especially on medium to harder difficulties yeah i never used enrage um i assume it's like the big daddy manipulator except with yeah i I think if i I, again i was kind of going fast so anything that could just make what would be an encounter not be an encounter was kind of my priority for my playthrough um and that was kind of that was what i was leaning towards as far as the utility of what i was using and then obviously i have electro bolt and incinerate because they are the two that like oftentimes will help you get treasure yeah mm-hmm. yeah I, I wish i experimented with plasmids earlier on because i probably would have been using that target dummy a lot more early on in the game but i didn't discover it until you take that first like mind control breaking potion that makes you have random plasmids 
And I do want to say, I, I think... And then it keeps you I random it's one puzzles. of the things that, like, this game does well. Is, I mean, we just talked about it. Like, everyone kind of had their own plasmid loadout. Like, everyone is playing the game differently. That's That speaks to some inherent depth that the game has. Oh, yeah. That's true. Replay value and all yeah, that. Yeah, until you shoot an electric... I think, yeah, any game that gives you that, like, different story of how you beat the game... Like, Moons of Madness, everyone beat the game the same way, because it was just one linear story. You have to do all of this. There wasn't really any, any other way to go, but with this game, I mean, you get the multiple endings. There's tech. Did you know there's, and there's the variation in how you... Yes, there is. Yeah, there's, a, there's an ending where uh, you, you, you get... There's two exact copies, almost, of the, of the bad ending. There's one where you harvest any more than, I think, one little sister. You get the, like, medium bad ending, and then if you harvest every single little right. sister, you get the ultra bad ending which is the exact same ending except tenenbaum's dialogue is just more slightly more angry she's like more pissed very 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 more pissed (laughs) i think i remember that she's just like she's just more angry she's like but you learned the secrets of the earth um that's one that's the one thing i I think this game is incredibly well voice acted i think the voice actors all do a really good job um i think that lends to like the mystique like you said that like doctor guy doing the little uh the little Jesus jingle, that's all really fun. Um, but fucking a, some of the accents are pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, but... yeah the, uh, I don't know why, but in the beginning of the game, I felt like I was more inclined to listen to the audio tapes. Like I was, I, I was more interested in all. But as I kept going, maybe it was because of the motion sickness again. But I started losing my interest in listening to the videotapes. Like I would still collect them and press the play button, but I wasn't paying attention as much as I was just trying to follow the arrow and figure out where the next place to go. Except, of course, once I got to the Sandy Cohen place, the game felt interesting again to me. But once I left, was, was that saying? Sander, or I was think. It? I'm sure his friends call him that. San- yeah. Sander Cohen. Sandy Cohen, that's from the yeah, Sandy Kovacs is uh, <laughs> the guy from Big Daddy. Which... Big Daddy. I'm thinking of Peter Gallagher's character <laughs> from the OC. Peter Gallagher, um, who's also in Mr. D. But yeah, no, Sand- the Sandman. Yes. The whole Sandman. Yeah, the Big big Daddy. See, it all connects. Did the font give you uh, Plankton vibes? Not at all. I remember you. Who? I saw that Not in your notes, and I, had, I I didn't get any of that. I swear it was like, he was, it's like Plankton talking to Karen <laughs> once his like kind of weird New Yorker yeah. kind of accent came out. I was like, is this Plankton? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm reading your notes now. Oh, holy hostile takeover, Batman. Montane Futures. You also found a, a Batman similarity in this game, eh? No. Sure did. No, but uh, with the Sander Cohen, when you're taking the pictures, once you get to like the third photo that you take, instead of like getting a gift, he has like a bunch of yeah, splicers just to attack you while Waltz of the yeah. Flowers is playing. And it's just a fun fun part to play. It's one of the best set know. pieces. Maybe it's because it, it, maybe I enjoy rhythm games a lot, like games with music, but yeah, when when you're playing a, a game with music playing and, you know, Waltz of Flowers, it's a yeah. good classical song. You're, it just makes you feel good about bashing the slices on, yeah. on cue with the <laughs> you're sticking up with uh, the It's music. like me and Kevin's old, old playthroughs of Fallout as the bat fight guy. When you're in Vats and you're listening to the yeah. bat fight song mm-hmm. on loop credit to will ferrell and just right when it says bat fight you crack somebody's uh, fucking uh, skull with a bat exactly <laughs> who's gonna yeah. win and that scene reminded me of uh, of michael keaton's batman 
because of the oh, cause um, it's like and, kind of the level of cheese that's going on. Well, it's um, the exact scene in Batman. Yeah. It, yeah, it was the music. It was the music mainly because at the end of the Batman movie, when they're like on the tower and he's got like Vicky Vale, he's dancing with Vicky. The Joker's dancing with Vicky Vale, and they're playing a song. It's not Waltz of the Flowers, but it sounds very similar to it. I don't know if it's supposed to sound similar to it, but it was called like Waltz to the Death, and. Batman's fighting Joker's goons while that music's playing, and yeah, I, it, it transported me there in my mind when that happened. I'm like, it is like Batman. <laughs> so I I enjoyed that a lot. Um, that's probably that's my favorite yeah. scene from the, or part of the game, uh, which uh, like you said a lot. A lot of people in. enjoyed it's, it's, that I think part. I think just like the online reception of the game, I think that's like generally people's favorite part. It's one of the most like, I don't know, I've seen it as like so many people's like gamer tag or like their fucking like SIG on like gaming forums. What's like it's like, tag? it'll be like Sandra Cohen or like, he calls you like a firefly or like a moth or something like little moth or whatever. Like, I've, I've, like there's so many people like just have that as one of their, as one of their things. Oh, okay. So I feel like it's, uh, it's indelible. Speaking of that, you want to get into most favorite moments and least favorite moments? Anytime you walk under wa- uh, uh, a water pouring, that's my least favorite. Made you like legitimately ill. <laughs> yes. So it, the game made me hate it time and time again. <laughs> uh, Chris, did you have a yeah. most favorite and least favorite moment with this playthrough or with older ones? Yeah. Okay, like basically, it felt like when I shot the water, it since it wasn't, I guess, fully constructed and developed. It felt like I would get shot from a mile away from the water, and the enemies wouldn't suffer any damage. That's basically the only moment I had. It seemed like they really needed to work on their uh, remastered techniques. On you didn't you didn't like that there were gameplay the imperfections on this on a game that's thirteen years yeah. old, and obviously they could have fixed like minor bugs like that or made it made it a little bit better. Well, it worked perfectly yeah. in the first game. I, I just don't know how it just like screwed up on the remastered yeah. version. Uh, favorite moment? Uh, basically the ending, the good ending. Um, okay, uh, Kevin, most favorite and least favorite moment. Least favorite moment was uh, uh, I don't know. I I didn't like the which one was the the area with oh, Arcadia. the Arcadia. Yes, Arcadia. Arcadia like constantly had me uh like am i underwater still you know like that kind of thing i was like i don't even i don't even feel like i'm underwater do i feel like i'm in like a weird yeah, i went through my level. old save logs for but, the game um, so many of them so many of like my playthroughs just end in arcadia i feel like that's when the game like starts to drag I'm just yeah like, yeah arcadia oh, was kind yeah. of a drag um but my favorite moment was ironically in arcadia it's like when i go into a crawl space i found a dead yes. cat because uh, i was like you know, it was like I busted up laughing because it was like I didn't, I never saw the, the cat model like in the game anywhere. And it was just like, of course, I go did, into a crawl space and I see a dead it, cat. Of course, I use the telekinesis to kill splicers, <laughs> but. Did any of you guys get the uh, the jump scare in uh, Arcadia where you're like looking at the little thing and then you turn around, you see the shadow of the guy and you turn around and he's like behind you? Like, the, uh, I think it's no, the, I think, I think it's so. supposed to be like scripted the first like Houdini, Houdini splicer encounter. Like, you're looking at like a, like a shrine um, in Arcadia uh, and like then you turn around and he's just there, like and he like kind of just stands there, uh, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, think I remember I the, that. You're talking about that like shrine that's in like covered in water. I think it's like of? the the Arcadian like um like druids like the Severnine or whatever the fuck they're called. Um, 
they have like a little shrine. There's like an audio log about it. But yeah, there's this, there's like one of the alcoves and you oh, go yeah, in yeah, and you yeah. look at the shrine and then like you, you hear like the, the Houdini splicer like teleport noise and you see like a shadow and you turn around and he's right behind you. I remember the first time I played it, that was yeah, like a legitimately I... pants shitting jump scare for me. I feel like I already saw the Houdini before I made it to the shrine. I mean, <laughs> I it's, it's possible. I, I think it's like a. I was like, oh, this must have been his shrine. I think it's like a soft scripted type thing. I, I think it's. I think it's avoidable. But I, I, I was a big fan of that the first time I played through it. Did you guys get like any horror elements to the atmosphere? Like, ever like feel horror? Horror? I know, like some people describe it as like a horror game. I didn't get like any of that. No, I, I really yeah. didn't feel like it was yeah. a horror game. Like, uh, I just felt like, uh, let's go kill things. I would, um, I, I felt a little horror, um, from some of the audio logs. Like, in the beginning of the game, there's, like, that surgeon guy. Yeah, Steinman's pretty scary. The, the, like, yeah, Steinman, and you listen to some of his audio logs, and it's like, no, what are you doing? You're not, she didn't sign up to do that, and he's just, like, taking apart, cutting into her face. Doctor, stop cutting, stop. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't know, that's... Yeah, I don't. I, I don't like plastic <laughs> surgery. So <laughs> I feel like I don't like being, people being I, cut into. The first time I I played the game in 2007, it was definitely like a lot scarier. This time I was I was on a mission to beat this game because mm-hmm. I hadn't yeah. beat any, so I definitely wasn't phased. Uh, but I was also like definitely uh, like running through stuff, and like if something got kind of scary, I would like nope through it, like and just you know. Nope. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. And then just, you know, I don't know. Yeah, you know, play the game with a like brightness set all the way to the to max and yeah. run and gun, you know, it, to, to quell the fear. Because I know you, you purposely can't run and gun and like just playing with proper sound. survival. Yeah. You're, you're too, you're too, I mean, capable. like, you know, like proper survival capable. games. You're yeah. able to just bitch slap everything. You can play this, like, you can yeah. bunny hop and fucking slap people with wrenches. You know, like, it doesn't force you to, to be methodical, like, <laughs> like a, like, Moons of Madness did, you know? You're too, you're too capable. Maybe if you play with, like, the Vita chambers turned off, you'll have to You, think. Yeah, you need an ink ribbon to use my, the Vita chambers. Something, something like that. That would be yeah. intense. But no, uh, and I, I think one segment we skipped over, we'll, we'll do it now, just here at the end. Uh, so this game has a pretty, like, widely regarded as, like, one of the strongest video game plot twists of all time. So I was wondering if you guys had another game that had a plot twist that you considered to be your favorite as far as video game writing goes. I would say mine, but I'm convinced Holy. I would steal Chris's, so I'll... I'll Wait till Chris goes. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, God! Uh, I, I don't want to ruin yeah. the moment, but it would probably yeah. be Coder. Yeah, Coder. that's exactly what. <laughs> <laughs> I, was I, I was like, I, I, I was like, <laughs> yeah, Coder has, Coder has great. Like Coder, like of course, like Coder just made you shit your pants because it was like so well well developed how they did it. You're just like, yeah. what? Awesome, awesome story beat there to find out. Uh, you know, I don't know. And it makes like all it makes all the stuff you thought was like because I remember when I first played it, like you're it was around like when like it was after episode one came out and there's that bit in episode one where like, well, we can't train Anakin to be a Jedi because he's too old. And like you get trained as like a middle aged man. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, why would why would this work? And then like, oh, everything was so thought out and so good. It all makes sense. It all connects. It fucking rocked. Yeah. Do you get? Yeah. Coder was great. Do you guys have any other ones? Okay. I got uh, one, but okay. I want to I'll go last. Oh, I don't have one off the top of my head. I have yeah, another game one. that has a it's it's not so much a twist as it is like a narrative flip on its head. Um, this is ex- original Xbox first person uh action game called Breakdown from like 2003 um which has a really good like second act break into the third act that i would spoil if i like went into it but 
it's I, I still regard it as like one of my favorite like moments of of in a video game you kind of uh it's I, like i said I, i'd be giving it away it's it's worth checking out um it's 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 a pretty satisfying twist i, I consider it to be my favorite like Breakdown. Uh, Namco. Namco. It's a first-person action game by Namco. Um, it's oh. like first-person, like fist fighting is like most of the action, and you can use some of Kazuya from Tekken's combos. It rocks. Like uh, wait, wait, wait. We're yeah. gonna need. We're gonna need a port. We're it's, gonna need uh, a it's, They released it digitally for Xbox One. It's an original Xbox game. But uh, no not Steam that I'm aware release. of. But okay. didn't uh, like uh, I don't know. I just want to talk about another game that had like a. Twist yeah, with plot. Wasn't it uh fear that had another twist with plot? Yeah, Alma being uh Alma. Yeah, you're well you're one of the sons of Alma until you like figure that out on the uh end yeah. of the game. And then it gets kinda weird after that. Yeah. Kevin, That's what's weird. yours? What's yours? Uh now you got me all fucked up about spoiling shit. Um I, I just I if anybody uh, if I can get any person to play the game breakdown. Uh, I'm just going to go out and say it. Um, in, in Fallout 4, there is a spoiler, but I think, uh, come so on, I, I, I like that. I like Fallout 4's twist because of how I ran okay. into it. I was playing a cannibal in <laughs> Fallout 4, and at a certain point in time, <laughs> uh, you, uh, right before the twist happens, you meet this individual um, who is supposed to be your father. <laughs> but um, since Wait. I was playing a psychopath in that game, Cannibal, I ended up Killing and eating my father before I knew it was even him. So it was kind of kind of funny. Wait, what? How? Because <laughs> you get a cannibal feed in that game. Like, okay. but like how? I thought your like all your parents died. Oh wait, oh, no, I'm blowing your mind on the game. <laughs> Fallout Four. I thought the I thought the twist was I that it was you. your not your father but your blank. Your, uh, yes, but his name right. is Father. Wait, I have it backwards. Okay, okay. I I'm, have like, it backwards. I'm confused. I'm very... Wait, you you, you ate your son? Yes. Before I knew it. Wait, wait, how? Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, because, yeah. you know, the game kind of, like, makes you believe that the the scientists underground are bad guys. Yeah, they and are. I was like, alright, sure. I'm a cannibal. Let's go. I will eat your ass oh, yeah. like corn on the cob. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I'm gonna be like Rick and Morty. Please don't eat my ass. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of any other. But that was my favorite video game twist. It was like a double twist. Um, I think there was a Dungeons and Dragons game for the original Xbox where one of the shopkeepers ends up being like the big bad at the end. That was kind of fun. Dungeons and Dragons Heroes, I think, like a hack and slash adventure RPG. Pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's uh that's the episode. Anybody have yeah. any final thoughts on Bioshock? The masterpiece don't in 2007. Don't mess with the big daddies. Don't mess with uh, Bioshock. All right. Just play Bioshock Infinite. You won't get seasick. <laughs> I get airsick. <laughs> I'm just playing. I don't get that. If you want to enter the greatest city on Earth, first... You have to get by one person. Shut up! You shut up! Let's go! I'm waiting on you! Sonny Koufax had an easy job. You're a toll collector. Where are you going? You want to take me with you? I guess. And led a simple life. The delivery guy's like your best friend. Come back later today. I'll end the wrestling. I'll keep you alive. Until the day... You refuse to move on to the next phase of your life. She wants different things, you know? His girlfriend dumped him for someone else. I found someone. This old guy? I am Andrew Ryan. He has a five-year plan. What is it? Don't die?
Now, to win her back. I gotta do something big with my life. He's getting her a little surprise. An uh, angel falls somewhere here, Daddy. <laughs> Great. Now what? Now. No air diaper? No. Sonny Koufax is finding out. He's an angel. I can see light coming from his belly. Nightlight? Once you adopt a kid. There you go, all right? You better give that kid back. I tried to give him back. You've got to keep him. Go back to sleep. Got him, Daddy. Let's get it. Do that thing I taught you the other day. Columbia Pictures presents... You stop serving breakfast at 10.30. No! No, no! Oh, please. Don't cry. Don't cry. You got a Happy Meal? Can we get a Happy Meal? Will somebody get you to the Happy Meal? Adam Sandler. It's gonna be fun. You nervous? Happy Halloween. We got a first timer out here. Do the right thing, buddy. Hang out right here for a second, all right? Hey, you. What? Big Daddy. Yeah, that's it. Okay, yeah, that's that's good. Trick or treat. Next year, be prepared, moron.